The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey, I'm Haley Hubbard, mom to three and wife to a country music star. And I'm Jess Diamond, registered dietitian nutritionist and mom to one. And this is Meaningful Living, a community to make parenting and life a little easier and a lot less lonely. Every week, we talk to experts, parents, and answer your questions to share the practical tips and real side of parenting we all need. Because when you remove the doubt, fear, and stress from everyday decisions, you create more time for the meaningful moments. It takes a village. We're so excited to share ours with you. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. All right. I've got a poop story for you. I feel like I can see into your future. (laughs) So Bryce also does his major poop overnight. That's like the time. Nap time or nighttime is when he poops. And he's at the point in potty training right now where just on his own, he's starting to kind of notice it as he's falling asleep. Like, mommy, mommy, I have to go poo. I have to go pee. So it's like we've done the full night routine. We've taken the the sleep sack is on. His clothes are on. We've done all the good nights. We walk out. And then like within 10 minutes, it's just like this hysterical. I have to go pee. I have to go pee. I have to go poo. So for a first couple of nights, we were doing it. And I honestly felt like I was a terrible mother because... (laughs) I was like, you need to go poo and pee quickly. You got to go. Like we've got, we've got two more minutes. Like it's the middle of the night, Bryce. Like you got to go, you got to go. And it was like this battle of all battles. So I started doing this thing where I try to get him to go before the bath. And he does most of the time. He'll like, he'll pee, but sometimes he'll do a little bit of poop. But the rest, for whatever reason, it's like nine o'clock comes around and that's just when he has to go and he calls me. So I told him, mommy's coming in halfway in the middle of the night, she'll come in and check on you in the middle of the night. So if you have to go that way, I'm, it's not like he's just delaying bedtime. So uh-huh. the past couple of nights, it's been like nine o'clock. He'll call. I'll put it off a little bit. I'll go in and it's like he's processed his whole day. So I sit him down on the potty and he just starts going like every question, you know, like when they sit there and they just, it's yes. like they're in the car or something and they could say a gazillion things in a five minute block. Uh-huh. Yesterday it was like, so mommy, uh, the, my belly button, how did, how did I connect to you when I was in your belly? How does the umbilical cord work? You know, our shopping list, we really need to put lemons on the shopping list. And mommy, in my poop, <laughs> there's these white spots. What, what do the white spots mean? Why is there white spots in my poop? I mean, he went on to within the same breath, like, you know, it's my birthday, mommy. And it would be so unfair if someone else had a birthday on my birthday and that they got presents too. On my birthday, it's my birthday and I want presents. So I'm like, (laughs) I'm sitting there. I'm like pulling all my patients out, but it's so cute because it's kind of like these philosophical questions, but I'm like, all right, buddy, you got to go. And then in my head, I'm like, this is what Atlas and Luke are going to be like with their overnight poops. (laughs) I can't believe we haven't talked about this. This is so funny. Well, first of all, did Bryce use the word obnoxious like he did the other day on the phone with us <laughs> when he said it was so obnoxious? Like, I was so mortified. I was so like, funny. who who said obnoxious in front of him? Like, must have been Josh, but he was saying, Hilarious. he was telling Haley on the phone that the garbage truck man was obnoxious because he broke the garbage cans. <laughs> so amazing to hear obnoxious come out of a little kid's mouth. But Luca is doing the exact same thing. He, right when we go to bed, like I put him to bed, you know, we ask him if he has to go potty. And then once he's in bed, he'll be like, mama, poop, poop. (laughs) It's like always the same tone, poop. 
And so I'm like, oh, does he really mean it? Or does he just want me to come back in? And so I'm glad you told me. I like that trick. I'm going to come in once. I'm going to come in once. And I, and then it's kind of on my surprise. It's probably not the right way to do it. But I felt that why I felt like a terrible parent is like I'm hurrying him along. But he actually each time had to actually poop. Oh, same so, with Luca. I feel right? bad. But I'm I, like, can we find another time to do this? <laughs> like, like you could have done it five time. minutes. <laughs> You could have done it five minutes earlier. I know it was in there five minutes earlier. The trick has been working. I just, when Bryce asks, I just say, mommy's going to come in. And so I'm kind of, all I'm trying to do is make a little bit of distance from the time he goes to bed until the time it actually happens. Yeah. So it's working. Well, I'm glad you're having the same poop problems in your house. The same one. You're right. It is in our future. It is now. (laughs) Well, with Luca. So we're going to answer more voicemails today. I'm so excited about this. We've been getting such good voicemails. And honestly, I live for these episodes because I just love it. Me too. I love these ones. All right, here we go. Hi, Justin Healy. First of all, thanks so much for your podcast and your blog. I just find it all so helpful. Um, I'm a first time mom and my baby's turning one in two weeks, which is super exciting. But I find myself having a little anxiety about what it's going to look like when we wean the bottles off. Um, get her off formula onto whole milk and I would just love any tips or reassurance that it will go smoother than I think it will in my head. So anyways, thanks so much and thanks again for all your support. Bye. Jess, this one's all you. (laughs) I'll take this one. I'm so glad you asked this because every single parent or caregiver at that one year mark, this is the transition of all transitions. So I'm glad that we're going to talk through it. I'm excited. So The first thing to say is that around 12 months is actually when your baby is ready to transition off the bottle. It doesn't feel that way. It feels, I think we have an emotional connection to it. But if you talk to a kind of a speech pathologist, if we think about our mouth, it's made up of muscles. And what we really want to do is help them get out of more of that infancy type suckling that they do with a bottle onto actually a regular cup. So The first thing to be said is that they'll be drinking from a straw cup or an open lid cup. At this age, you're going to see a lot of transitional nipples or sippy cups or something that's kind of a step in between a bottle and a cup, and you don't actually need that. It's just more products being thrown at us that we don't actually need. So when I always say choose a time between like that, if for typically developing kids, choose a time between 12 to 13 months, ideally, and then get rid of the bottle. And I'll talk through how to do it. You want to, for typically developing kids, if possible, you want to drop it. If it's something that's hard for you to drop, I would definitely want to drop it by 15 months if possible, because they start to get more of an attachment as they go on. Kind of this 12 month mark is actually this really magical time where you can get rid of it and transition it off. And it's so much less of a transition than we think it's going to be. Right, Haley, do you agree with that? I totally agree with that. I, I've also had friends tell me, they're like, oh my gosh, there is this attachment. As they get older, I wish I would have done it sooner because they wouldn't have even realized it. And same with the pacifier. I think it's just such a great time to do it because it's just not, we make it such a big deal in our heads and there's so much pressure around milk and all of those things. But to them, it's just like they don't know any different. Completely. And I think if we go in with a plan, I think the plan helps our kids as much as it helps us because we just need to know how are we going to tackle this. As any mom can tell you, diaper changes are part of our daily lives. I spend a lot of time, I mean a lot of time, changing diapers, thinking about diapers, checking on diapers, you name it. 
which is why we are so excited to partner with Pampers. Your baby's skin is so delicate and you want to make sure you're protecting it by keeping it dry and healthy. Well, I cannot recommend Pampers Swathers enough. They're absorbent even for overnight wear. Yay for no middle of the night leaks, which is so key. I mean, we all want one less mess and more sleep. And with their amazing absorbency, Pamper Swaddlers wick away wetness and mess to help protect your baby's skin and keep your little ones feeling dry and happy. Keeping your baby's skin healthy requires a diaper that doesn't leave skin wet and Pampers gives you that trusted protection. Pamper Swaddlers have been a game changer for us. The absorbency means healthy skin and less diapers overall, which is just a win-win. Once you try them, you'll see why Pampers are the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Whether you're a mom of three or a mom-to-be, you'll love how Pampers keeps your baby or toddler dry and comfortable. Download the Pampers Club app today to start earning rewards with every diaper and wipes purchase. You will love them. Relationships are hard, and that's why I'm here. Hey, friend, it's Cami Crawford. Think of me as your big sister slash audible BFF that you can always trust to give you the real tea. This is my show, Relationship, the advice podcast that covers all relationship topics, the good, the bad, and the straight up shitty. Need advice? Send your story to hello at relationshippod.com or DM me at relationship on IG and tune in for new episodes every Friday. Be sure to follow us and subscribe so you don't miss all the hot goss. And if you're loving the show, please leave us a review. Talk soon, bestie. So the first thing is, is that before you transition off the bottle, you need to make sure that your kid is competent with drinking from a straw cup or an open lid cup, but they need to be able to drink from whatever cup that you're transitioning to so that they can actually get the milk out. So you can start a straw cup or an open lid cup around six months old, and that way they've got six months to really practice that skill. In our Feeding Your Baby Solids course, we've got a great cup guide that will walk you through how to do that. So once your kid has knows how to drink a straw cup. That's the only prerequisite. Great. You're ready to transition. Formula, you you add, after a year, kids don't need formula anymore. So that's a time that you're going to transition to milk. If you're breastfeeding or you're using breast milk, you can transition off the bottle so you can start to serve breast milk in a cup. You don't have to feel pressure to start some sort of milk or milk alternative in place of breast milk if you want to continue doing doing that and you can continue to nurse. There's There's no problem with that at this age. So you're on formula at 12 months. You're going to choose some sort of milk or milk alternative. We've got an amazing free guide you can download on our website that talks through all of our favorite whole milks, which type of milk to do, milk alternatives. If you're going to do a milk alternative, which one has enough calories and protein and which one to do. And then you choose a cup. My favorite thing is to choose one cup that has a specific color that's for milk because some kids are milk drinkers, some kids aren't. But for the ones that aren't milk drinkers, if you can kind of show them this color cup, let's just say the red cup is all for milk, it helps them start to associate, okay, I know that when I'm getting this red cup, milk is in it. And when I get any other cup, water is in it. So it just helps them kind of, they don't have the bottle to cue them what milk is in anymore. So that can be helpful. And then I like doing a transition. So you can transition over one week. Some kids can do cold turkey and it's totally fine where you just take one day you have formula in a bottle and the next day you do milk in a cup and they drink it. Some kids do really well with that, but I think a transition can always help. So what a transition looks like is over a seven-day period, you're going to start doing 
formula or breast milk and you mix it with a little bit of regular milk or milk alternative, whichever one you're doing. And what you start to do is start to decrease the formula or breast milk in the cup while you increase the milk or milk alternative. So it looks like three ounces of, let's just call it formula if that's what we're doing, three ounces of formula to one ounce of milk. You'll do that for two days. The next time you'll do two ounces of formula, two ounces of milk, and then for two days, and then you're going to switch it where it's one ounce of formula to three ounces of milk or milk alternative. And then on day seven, you just switch regularly over to milk. What it's going to look like is instead of them having bottles in between their meals, they're now old enough to go longer in between having food. So what you're going to do is you're going to add a cup of milk with each meal, and then you can do that before bed milk if you still want to have that. But every kid is different and it looks different. And the last thing I should say is I really love kind of the passy fairy or the bottle fairy idea that our kids don't have that same emotional attachment, typically speaking to the bottle that we have with them. I think it's hard when they hit 12 months. It's like we see our baby is no longer a baby and they're ready to be a toddler. So I think the bottle fairy is a nice thing for everyone to do. So all you do is you tell your kids on this day, you know, you no longer need a bottle and we're going to give the bottles to someone else that needs the bottles. And you wrap them up and you put them outside your front door and in place comes a little toy for them. Something, maybe it's a stuffed animal, maybe it's a lovey for them to sleep with, something that you can give them that they're getting something in return for giving those bottles away. And once the bottles are gone, do not go back as much as you can because the most reinforcing behavior is them not drinking the milk from the straw cup and then getting the bottle again. It just means that they're going to keep wanting to refuse the straw cup for the bottle. So it may take your kid a month of just pressure-free consistency to take that milk, but just stay patient and try it. And if your kid is not a milk drinker, it's totally fine. I can tell you Bryce is not a milk drinker. He's growing great. And on that free, our guide to milk, we have exactly the calcium and vitamin D and everything that kids need. Did I cover it, Haley? Yes. I'm so glad you took that question because I would not have remembered all of that or known half of it because I was actually just thinking about when Liv was a baby did we transition her or did we do cold turkey? I know for the boys we did cold turkey, but I almost want to say we did a little transitioning for a couple of days with her, but they were all so different. And and again, I just want to reiterate how much pressure we put on ourselves in this moment and this buildup of, oh my gosh, it's going to be so traumatic for them. And really it's, I mean, they might give you some funny faces and which is also comical, or they might push it away and and refuse it for a while, but eventually they're going to get used to it just like they get used to everything else that we do in our life. And Luca actually had a really funny moment when he was transitioning, not transitioning, we did cold turkey, but he, he made this face and just kind of started crying and pouting at the same time. And then he like looked out of the corner of his eye to see if I was looking and I it looked like I wasn't. And then he just was like, totally fine. <laughs> it's just totally acting. So yeah. And, and our boys really haven't been milk drinkers. So again, to reiterate what you just said, they're completely fine. When it comes with milk, I think there's so much pressure for our kids to drink milk. There are so many other nutrients or so many other foods, I should say, where they can get nutrients from milk. So if your kid's not a milk drinker, it's totally fine. And I think the thing that's not talked about enough is that after 12 months, there is such a thing as too much milk. And the reason is, is that milk and iron bind to the same receptor. So 
we're used to giving our kids bottles or nursing them and giving them all this volume of formula or breast milk. And after 12 months, they don't need that same amount. They need about 16 ounces if you're going to be doing milk, somewhere between 12, 16 ounces. You don't want to go over that 16 ounce mark because it can lead to iron deficiency anemia. So I think that is something that sometimes gets lost in transition to the transition. And so it's definitely a personal family choice, what milk you choose. If you decide to give milk, it is all within your family philosophy and what works for you. And just remember the volume is going to decrease and that's important. And there's also lots of other foods, dairy and non-dairy based that have calcium and vitamin D, which we have in our guide to milk, which go download it. It's great. Are you an iced coffee or cold brew lover? I've been on a serious cold brew kick, and I'm so excited to tell you about Wandering Bear. Wandering Bear is the absolute best cold brew you can get without leaving your house. Forget the watered-down at-home attempt at making iced coffee. Wandering Bear makes smooth, rich, chocolatey-tasting cold brew that's so delicious, and the best part is it is on tap. Yes, they put it in a box with a tap, just like boxed wine. The box keeps it fresh and makes it super convenient for you to fill up your cup every morning. It's basically like having a fancy coffee shop in your refrigerator, which is a dream come true. Wandering Bears are go-to for cold brew. It's 100% organic, super strong, and extra smooth. What more could you want from a coffee? I'm always looking for the perfect little midday pick-me-up for a whole household, and this, this is my favorite. They have six different flavors to choose from. Straight black, vanilla, caramel, mocha, hazelnut, and even a decaf option. I love the straight black or the decaf option, but they're all seriously so delicious. And what makes it even better is that Wandering Bears all organic, all sugar-free, and all dairy-free. They also offer subscriptions so you'll never run out of coffee, and it's a way better price per cup than that daily coffee shop run. This cold brew is extra strong. Each glass is equivalent to having two espresso shots but it tastes so, so smooth. It packs in big energy without the bitter taste. As an added bonus, Wandering Bear is a small company, so you're also supporting a growing business with each cup of coffee, which we love. Get 20% off your order with code living at wanderingbear.com. Again, that's 20% off your order with code living at wanderingbear.com. Now let's get back to the conversation. Next question. Hi, my name is Carla. I'm here in Nashville, Tennessee. Um, my husband and I are going to travel with our daughter, who is going to be at the time about 14 to 15 months, and we're a little terrified about it. <laughs> um, we have read all the things and applied all the things and thinking through it, but. It's really hard because sometimes what an 18-month-old can do, a 12-month-old can't, and a 13-month-old can't. So for that time between the 12 and 18-month mark, what are some activities that actually work? Um, Because coloring sounds like a great idea in theory, but they can't really hold a marker that that well and things like that. So anything that's age-appropriate for that, like, 13 to 16 month mark would be preferable. Thank you. This is super winded. I'll take this one. Uh, And then Jess, I want to hear your tips on this. But Carla, thank you for your question. And hello to my fellow Nashvillian. 
you couldn't be more right. It is tough. That 12 to 18 month mark is tough. I'll be honest. (laughs) Every time we travel with ours, I'm like, oh, I know this is going to be hard, but it's always worth it. So I want to go into this saying, I'll be honest, that it is hard. However, I think going in with the awareness, you're going in very intentional about this and being aware of, okay, what can I prep for? And I think for us, things that have been huge helps are one, take deep breaths. The kids are going to feel your energy. The kids feel my energy and my husband's energy on good days and on bad days when we travel. And it is a game changer either way. Usually the night before a trip, I especially now that we have three, it's like a big conversation with Tyler and I. And I'm like, okay, tomorrow's going to be hard. Let's take deep breaths. Let's be positive. Nothing's going to derail us. And let's just make light of all the situations. If something happens, let's laugh instead of like get flustered because I don't want the kids to feel our energy. And so it it is this pep talk that we have with each other. That helps the deep breaths going into it with that attitude. Number two, give yourself grace because we put so much pressure on ourselves as parents and it's so much bigger of a deal when our kids are fussing or being a little loud and other people are like in their own world. They have their headphones nowadays, like they do not care. And if someone does care, they can just get a life. Then I would say snacks, tons of snacks. We love little raisins, blueberries, puffs, pouches, all the things. I come very prepared with snacks, stickers. Jess, you had a really great tip and it was take the back of a sticker, like the the outlines of the stickers off. And so it's really easy for them to peel the stickers. And also I really like just always saving a tablet or an iPad for travel purposes only. This is super important for us. Like it's not something that we just hand out to the kids when we're at home. It's something that we save for big things like travel so that they are very into it and very occupied with it. What am I forgetting, Jess? Oh, those little like pop fidget things. Our kids love those. And and in that time period, I think that that was a really good thing. And then if you can get an extra seat so that you can put their car seat in it, that has also saved us, especially on really long trips. I feel like especially at that age, it's such economically, it's so hard to buy that extra seat. And I understand that many people can't do that. But I think in that really hard in-between stage, it it's, can be a game changer. I had a terrible yeah. flight leaving you when Bryce was exactly that age. The way there, champ. It was fantastic. The way back, I mean, his ears were popping and it was just a nightmare. It was a nightmare of of a flight. And you know what? That happens. But you just yeah. pull out all the tricks, like you said, all the mm-hmm. snacks. So I've got two things to add. For snacks, I love getting like kind of novel containers. So I get a pill, like, you know, one of those pill packs that has Sunday through Saturday and it's like an AM and PM. Yes. I take one of those and I fill them all with little snacks so they can open it, pull the snack out and eat it and close it back up. So it's easy to pack, but it's also novel for them. And then the most underrated toy on an airplane for that age are post-its. Grab a bunch of post-its. They can put post-its on the windows. They can put post-its on the tray in front of them. Post-its are going to be your best friend. Oh, I like the post-it idea. That's really good. Post-its great. But yes, I I love the attitude. So Carla, good luck with that. 
Yes, good luck with that, Carla. You guys are going to do great. I had no idea before becoming a parent how hard it was going to be to find a camp that I loved, but also how I would just dream about sending my kid to camp in the summer. Well, people, we are so excited to tell you about Camp Galileo because it's incredible. Summer is around the corner and Camp Galileo is the place where your child's imagination can come to life. Once they enter the fun machine, campers start building lifetime memories with friends old and new. Galileo staff are committed to making the best summer yet. Our staff made up of educators, artists, and engineers help campers build creative confidence through our STEAM-based curriculum. This year, campers will work on creative projects like engineering their own roller coasters in our amusement park adventure camp, making a stained glass masterpiece at our Castle Quest camp, or building a 3D dinosaur out of paper mache during our dino dig camp. Choose one of these incredible themes or experience all three. Honestly, I want to go to this camp myself and love how all the curriculum is designed for immersive fun learning to just build such creative confidence, which is what I want for Bryce. At Camp Galileo, kids enjoy limitless creativity, innovation, and fun. Go to galileo-camps.com and use code FUNSUMMER2022 to get $100 off camp. Claim your spot today. Your kid is going to love it. All right, next voicemail. You ready for toxic people? I think so. Okay. Hi, ladies. I love your podcast. I am just wondering if you could do a podcast on toxic people in your lives or friends who can be toxic, friends who can be judgmental about how you're raising your children, the in-laws, etc. Just a word on toxic people and how you deal with them. Thank you. What a good question. This is a good one. This is a great one. And thanks for asking. We should definitely do a podcast on this because I think it would be really helpful for for everyone, especially in, I think, this last couple years of life when probably a lot of people just were not their best selves. I mean, myself included. (laughs) But where do we begin? How How do I deal with toxic people. I think this is something that's been a journey to work through. I think I wish that I would have understood and known about toxic relationships much earlier in life. I had a toxic relationship with a boyfriend and and have obviously had toxic friendships. I think we all do. And and I am just now in, in this season of life learning how to work through that. But also I'm in the season where it's just like, I don't have time or capacity for it. And so maybe that's why I'm just now learning how to deal with it. And it's like, I don't have time for this. This is not serving me. And this is my boundary of what I will and will not accept in my life. And so if you're going to treat me this way, then this is just not going to work in my life. And so I think boundaries are the biggest thing. And once I learned how to set boundaries, that has helped me so much to really just check in with myself and check in with my family what is okay with me and what is not okay with me, what is okay with my family and not okay. So whether it's an in-law, I mean, those I I definitely recommend going as far as you can to to build the bridge and and mend that relationship. We've done therapy with in-laws. We probably will do more therapy with in-laws 
But I think there's friends where I think we all know that we all have in our lives that it's just gotten to a point where it's not worth doing the song and dance all over again and, and the circle. And so that's when I just kind of move on. It's not worth it. And so we're not going to make everybody happy. I've finally come to terms with that. And I, I still have to work on that sometime. But also realizing that some people are in our lives for a season and accepting that I can really move on. Another thing is with social media, you can now mute people, which is great, um, or you can unfollow them. But I think that <laughs> you should just know that comes with a cost or it could. Muting might be a better idea. It's like filter, filter what you can see. Yeah. I love I love your word about boundaries. I think it's looking at each relationship and what is it? Is it a relationship that it's an in-law that we need to preserve this for whatever reason or at least really, really attempt to do it? Or is this a friend that it's just been so toxic and it's hurting me, it's hurting my family or whatever it is? Something that's really helped me is not every relationship serves the same purpose. So there are some friends that are in a season of your life and they are the fun people you go out with and you do things with. There are other friends that are your confidants. And I think your family and those kind of close people in your inner circle, if they're doing things that don't fully align with everything that you do, I think figuring out something that they can serve in some way and then not using them, but having experiences with them around that. So kind of like, for instance, if you have someone in your life that if there's there are certain topics that are off limits and you shouldn't touch them, but maybe they are great to go watch movies with and you can go see a movie with them, like figure out what it is that is a kind of safe thing to be able to do with them. And then know this is the friend that I do X, Y, or Z with, or in my family, this is the person, here's the safe place for us to stay. And we're going to stay here because our relationship is much better when we just do these types of things. I love that you said that. And it actually just reminded me that I've really had to change my expectations of people. And some people may not have the capacity to be in a friendship that, that you want to have. And they not they might not be the same kind of friend that you are. And so really changing my expectations has helped so much because then I don't have these crazy expectations and then I don't become resentful. And that is like a key part in all of this because then that's only hurting ourselves. But then you can just be at peace with the relationship because I've definitely been a part of toxic relationships where I'm holding this resentfulness and oh my gosh you've taken this this chapter of my life and and all these negative thoughts and I'm like this is only hurting me I want to be at peace with this and be able to just walk away or step back peacefully and so I think having those boundaries but also changing expectations of people will help you move forward peacefully whether you decide to to get back into relationship with them or just step away 100% you said that perfectly I would really love to do an episode soon with Robin, my life coach, because she has some really great things to say about toxic people and just even little things that we can do. I know at one season in my life a couple of years ago, she told me in the kind of anger phase, like you can just do a rage on the page and just write down everything that you would never say out loud. Write it all down. And all the things you wish you could say, like all the things you kind of say in your head, like, oh, I would say this and this and this. She's like, say it all and then 
crumple it up, like burn it, whatever you want to do. And it is such a therapeutic process. And yes, it is. I can attest to that. So let's have her on soon because I know she has many tricks like that. Let's rage on the page. (laughs) Let's do it. And let's do more episodes like this. I love when we do the Q&As. We love hearing your questions. Please call in some more questions. We love your voicemails. Call us 833-444-FULL. We hope you found something meaningful from this episode. It'd mean the world to us if you'd take a second to rate, review, and follow the show and tell your friends about it. It's the best way to support the show. And if you have any questions you want us to cover on the show, call our voicemail line at 866-444-FULL. We want to hear from you. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Meaningful Living and visit our website, MeaningfulLiving.com for resources, courses, and to shop our favorites. Can't wait to see you next week. 